When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast for the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fay, and I'm delighted to be joined once again. He's been out in the reserve team for a while. Liam Collis, you are back. Yeah. It's, a big, it's a big pod. It's been a long yeah. time. Yeah, you it's are back. a long back. time coming, but yeah, good to be back. I think you were discreet. You made some comments about Romelu Lukaku last time. I think that was the last time you... I know, that was quite a long time ago. I think I've been on since then. Uh, but yeah, stand by those comments. And we've got a first team debut as well today for Don Booth. You've joined us from South Wales. Uh, ditched Neil Warnock for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Yeah, I've been impressing in the lower leagues uh, for Cardiff and... Um, making the big step up today, so let's hope I pass that test. Yeah, we'll have to get you on the podcast for United play Cardiff last day of the season. That seems like an open goal, if ever there was one. Um, United, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. United, Liam, seven defeats in the last nine. The mood has changed. Ollie's at the wheel. Don't know where they're heading. Another defeat against Man City. It was always going to be inevitable, really, the, the loss against Man City, but it was almost a culmination of everything that's been wrong with United in recent weeks. You were there on Wednesday night. What what did you make of, of the match? Yeah, I think the, the honeymoon period is well and truly over now. Um, the match itself, I think United started well. There was definitely a bit of a, a bounce back from the game at Everton at the weekend when when the attitude and the, the, the levels of effort could, could have been questioned in that match. Uh, United played well in the first half they had some good chances Rashford had a good shot it went just over the bar from distance uh, but I think in the second half United's fire kind of died out a little a little bit uh, City came on stronger and we know that City are the better team they've been the better team in Manchester ever since Sir Alex Ferguson left really uh, and then yeah they scored two goals and, and that was that um, and United need to bounce back at Chelsea at the weekend Easier said than done, isn't it? Bouncing back again. Dom, after the game, Solskjaer spoke. He said he was quite pleased with what he's seen he's in, in the actual mile of the performance. I know, um, speaking on Thursday, Jurgen Klopp said he expected United to lose, but he thought they were unlucky himself. But do you think it was a good enough performance for United in a derby fixture? Because I guess the, the one caveat for United was that the first 20 minutes they, they were on top of the game and they should have scored Lingard's missed an open goal as well yeah I've got to say I was really impressed by United in that opening half hour I thought they were everything that they weren't at Goodison Park they had that intensity um, they were actually pressing City and City were making errors on the ball company looked really really sort of ropey on the ball Bernardo gave it away a few times so I think there are positives to cling on to I think the reaction to it which is, has been sort of another disaster for Solskjaer I think that's just the product of the form I, I think if that had been a one-off game United had been on a good run before it let's say I think we'd probably be sitting here saying well that was a spirited display City too good on the day of course they, they, they're going to be with that squad and we all know that United's squad isn't there and probably a few years away from, from that Liam, we, when we got this sort of early team news on Wednesday, a few eyebrows were raised to say the least that Ash Lung was starting right back again, Darmian centre-back again, and there was other... Who, who else was it? I mean, Pereira in Andres midfield. Pereira, so he was a bit I of a well. well. 
Yeah, he was okay, but I still think I'm he not sure it. he's quite at United yeah. level uh, in terms of where they want to be. But it was a, it was a bizarre selection again, playing with a back three. United have struggled every time they've played with one of those this season, and since Solskjaer's come in, he's trialed a host of different players in a position against Wolves away. He played Young as a, in the back three as a central defender against. Um, I'm forgetting the game now. He played Luke Shaw in a battle. Was it against Barcelona at home? He played Luke Shaw as a yeah. left-sided centre-back. And of course, against Everton yeah. on the weekend, he started, and it was for the first five minutes, at least, Rashford was a, was a wing-back mm. against Everton, yeah. which was and just... Bringing Damian in at centre-back, I mean, he played there in the FA Cup against Reading, but FA Cup third round at home to Reading is a bit different to a, a game against City chasing the title. So yeah, the, the, the team selection was a bit of a surprise. And I think that was a reaction to the performance at Everton when, when Solskjaer kind of questioned the, uh, the commitment of his players. He, he, kind of, he couldn't send out that same eleven, and as a result, he had to bring in some players from the fringe. The biggest surprise was McTominay not starting. Yeah, not it even seems in the like squad. He, an may, inj- he may have had a knock, but yeah, so he said he failed a fitness test in the week. So I'm guessing that was what I think United missed him because I think yeah. we saw at Everton. I think our colleague Tyrone Marshall tried to to grab a quick interview with him after the game after the four nil shellacking, and I think McTominay was as apologetically sort of saying, "I just can't speak after it." And I think his commitment has been sort of a shining light at the moment for United. And if they can get him back, I genuinely think that he he's sort of that bit of drive that United are lacking in midfield Lim do you agree that McTominay is actually as good as we say he is or do you think it's just other players around him not performing because it's, it is drastic that in six months he's gone from being this sort of I mean when his new contract was announced everyone was saying what what is going on there this is a player who doesn't have a future at the club and, and now he has established he's had good performances in big games uh, yeah, I think his stock has risen dramatically I mean he, he came in under Mourinho and he was kind of like neither here you didn't really know what he was as a player and uh, up until Mourinho left you, you, you still kind of had that opinion of him but since, since he's come in I think he came in uh for the Liverpool game when Matic was injured and he's played in a more advanced role than he was playing under Mourinho uh, he used to play as a holding midfielder under him but as a as a youth player McTominay was a more attack-minded player so since he, since Solskjaer's come in and he's been playing him in a, a role further forward obviously he scored his first United goal away to Wolves uh, United went on to, lo- to lose that match but he was probably the better player in that game and yeah his attitude and his work rate is something that a lot of um, a lot of his teammates could probably learn from. Yeah, I guess in a wider sort of issue about team selection, Dom, do you, have you got real questions about Solskjaer at the moment? Because when he first came and he sort of got that established 11 and it was so refreshing that for about 10 games or so you could really predict exactly who United would play. There, there was sort of no no surprises at all. But now it seems he's gone to the other extreme where it's hard to predict. And do you think that's the one who is trying to make tactical changes that are going to surprise opposition or do you think this is a manager who just doesn't know anymore I think maybe Solskjaer's trying to prove something now that he's got the permanent job that he's up to it tactically you know let's compare his sort of tactical now to Mauricio Pochettino who a lot of United fans would love to see in the role it's obviously not there yet I don't think he's been helped by a combination of fitness and form losing under Herrera um, but is the form not down to him Possibly, possibly. I mean, I don't think you can legislate for how dramatically someone like Nemanja Matic has dropped off, for example, or even Anthony Martial, Jesse Lingard. You know, there are individuals here whose form has just dropped off a cliff from where it was at the start of Solskjaer's tenure. So, uh, obviously, Paul Pogba probably being the the most dramatic one of those. Player, the team of the year, Paul team Pogba. Of the year, of Paul Pogba. Uh, he had probably two months where he was team of the year, uh, in my opinion. 
So yeah, I, I think Solskjaer is trying to prove something with his team selections at the moment, and it has been a bit sort of haphazard. I think he probably just needs to go back to basics for these last few games and, and pick as strong a team as he can in the same system uh, and see where it gets him. You know, it's not the time now to be proving that you're a you know managerial maestro, which, which it isn't like it isn't looking like Solskjaer is at the moment. Liam, do you agree with that? Do you think it is down to the players? This, this this sort of drastic falling off a cliff United have done or do you think it is partly down to the management as well because even the two wins United have had Watford at home West Ham at home both games which United easily could have not won um, I'm coming on to a different I want to take it away from That's that fine. I, I do what you want to Maurizio Sarri's uh, well, I'm, I'm answering your question but bringing You're going a long way around. I was listening to Maurizio Sarri's press conference earlier today ahead of Sunday's game and he was kind of suggesting that United have maybe burnt out a little bit because he went at it so hard in the first three months after Solskjaer came in obviously went his style of play changed dramatically as soon as he replaced Mourinho United were attacking they were pressing high you know they were playing really good football and they were playing with a lot more energy than they played with under Mourinho so his suggestion was that maybe after three months you know that run of 17 games 14 wins two draws and just one loss that well a loss that eventually didn't matter because it was a PSG home loss that they've kind of hit a brick wall in a way and you can kind of sense that with the performance because the intensity just isn't there anymore yeah, it does almost feel like it was like almost adrenaline when Solskjaer sort of took over. It's sort of this false energy they didn't have because Mourinho complained about it all season that they was not a fit enough side. When they went away to Dubai after the Carabao Cup exit, that was to work on fitness. That doesn't seem to have, have done them any favours. But as it's you said... against City, I think, just to cut in on the fitness because the intensity was incredible for the first half hour against City and I was watching it it was the same against Barcelona wasn't it they had yeah. these it seems like United's game plan is 20 minutes all sort of just gung-ho and try get a goal and then sit back yeah you just knew that it was going to it was going to and again that's falter. maybe and, and you can talk about fitness levels but surely is that not naivety from Solskjaer that he's, his, his tactic is we've got to score early and if we don't score early that's it we've not got a chance well if he's a manager that says listen the way I want to play football requires us to run more requires us to be fitter then I think then the, the onus has to shift onto the players to be able to implement that and there's no sort of surprise that Solskjaer wants a huge restructure that United need a huge restructure and rebuild in the summer because let's be fair they've given him the job as a permanent manager now they have to back him and they have to play his way so you know the fitness concerns I think that has to lay at the door of the players for me I guess we'll see more next season from what Solskjaer's actual philosophy is and how the players actually play because there'll be no excuses once the new season starts. But I guess, Liam, we'll get onto it more in detail in the second half, but it does mean these last three games, Solskjaer's just got to choose the team that's going to win. There's there's no way... You can't, United can't afford to slip up now. If they're going to finish in the top four, they need to win all the three of the games and also rely on results to go their way in other games involving Arsenal. Um so yeah, there's not really any time for him to be tinkering and experimenting. He needs to go with his strongest team and um, pick up three points against Chelsea. That's that's United's biggest game of the season as far as I'm concerned. And then if they can do that, and then they've got two more negotiable games, you would think on paper, uh, to finish the season off. And United needs to win all three of them. Of course, the the one solace from Wednesday night was the fact that City returned back to the top of the Premier League. Some people were saying before the game that United might have the even the opportunity to gift them the win. There was no way they even had any choice in the result really on Wednesday night. But do you think that's just clutching at straws for United fans saying that? Yeah, I think I never I never really felt that that was that was really the case. I think I wrote 
a couple of days before the game that it'd be silly for United to actually want to lose a big game of their own to hand City the league instead of Liverpool. If Liverpool win the league, they deserve to win the league. If City win the league, they deserve to do it. And I think United have got so much to worry about in their own house they shouldn't be looking across the, the garden fence to, to say oh we'd prefer you know City to, to win the league Liverpool that's just my view I'm, I'm a United fan as well so yeah that's very, that's going to come back to haunt you probably will it probably will but you know let's be fair um, City and Liverpool are, are an absolute different level to United and their primary concern should be to try and you know rehaul that that gap I think you could tell at Old Trafford on Wednesday night that there was no sense from the players or the fans that United wanted to give that win to City. It was definitely had a derby feel about it. The atmosphere was bouncing. It was absolutely on Twitter. You might look and see some people saying, "Oh, we'd we'd rather lose this game." There was absolutely no feeling like that. That was the case uh, inside the stadium. Yeah, and Andy Mitten uh, is quite a prominent figure among United fans and in the media. And I think he said, "I don't actually know anyone that wanted United to lose that game." I think that's I think that's probably accurate. Yeah, of course. Uh, I guess one thing that might not be accurate, as we mentioned before, that team of the year, PFA team of the year was announced this week. Pogback. Pogba in there. Liam, what did you make of that surprise inclusion? But I guess it was one of those things because immediately when I heard Pogba in the team of the year, I thought he shouldn't be there. But then I struggled to think of someone else who would take that midfield berth. And especially when you think that the voting was done when it, well, it was about March, wasn't it? February, March, the actual voting slips are handed out and you've got a hand them back in yeah. it's always told you've got to choose on the on the players you've played against and you've been impressed with playing against so I guess it's not a surprise to see Pogba in the in, team Rich, yeah, who, would, who would you have had instead just out of interest because I can think of a few more deserving well I, I don't watch enough of the other players it's easy enough to try to be a hipster and say someone like Decore and you talk about people like Ericsson and stuff but I don't remember being impressed by Ericsson before the start of the before pre-Christmas people at Hazard I generally don't remember being impressed by Hazard pre-November well Hazard v is not the same position so I don't yeah. think that was really a debate well I suppose at the time the voting slips were handed out like you say it was kind of March time when well, United will and you couldn't have predicted that Pogba's like form would have just dropped off yeah. as drastically as but, it has and if you look at his statistics in terms of goals scored as a midfielder I think he's 13 he's a goals top. 9 assists in the Premier League he's a joint top uh, scoring midfielder with Gilfie Sigurdsson and only Eriksson has got more assists than him so stats wise yeah you, you would say he deserves to be in it but then when you look at when the majority of those goals and assists have come the, the, the vast majority have come within like a two or three month period in the season at the start of the season and now uh, he's not shown the form to kind of justify that place um, in the team but you know who, who else would you put in there that's what I mean who would you put Silva's had a poor season De Bruyne has been injured I would have gone with um, Sissoko from Spurs Genuinely, I think he's had a great great season as, as good as Pogba was for those what was it two months he was yeah. the but best do you not player think in that, the league and he is, probably is the best player in the league on his day but just never has his day at the moment, but do you anyway. not think that Pogba deserves inclusion because he is so pivotal that United are even in contention for a top four position like regardless of how United finished the season the fact that it got revived is mainly down to poor Pogba the fact that he turns it on and stuff, is, it's it's bad on him that he can fluctuate from form so quickly. But do you not think that... It's just strange that the, the award is, the, or the team is the Professional Football Association uh, Team of the Year. And Pogba, at times, his professionalism can be put into serious question, in my opinion. So I, I, it surprises me that his fellow professionals have voted for him. Ooh, scathing. Who knows? I, I love Pogba. I think he's brilliant, but 
you can't say that he's he's been in the top 10, 11 players in the league this season. I don't think. I don't think any United player has. Yeah, I think that is the surprise, the fact that if it's not good, because he's the only non-Liverpool or Man City player in there as well. And it does seem harsh, I guess, because he plays from Wolves, plays from Tottenham, and they might end up with trophyless seasons, and it looks like they might not have it. The right. fact that a United player... Who else gets in there ahead of him? Kante's had a poor season, Jorginho. Yeah, and you see people saying, like I said, you can say, people are saying like Ruben Neves and stuff, but I just... He Wijnaldum? scored some big goals. Yeah, Vinaldum got into I think Alan Shearer's team of the year, didn't he? But yeah, I suppose Liverpool's midfield so unspectacular in terms of the names in there. Yeah, Henderson, Vinaldum really jump out here, do they? I think Ericsson's probably a fair shout. Although I, I've really enjoyed Sissoko this season. Yeah, I keep going the Sissoko fan club. Ericsson, if if anyone out other than Pogba. Well, it brings us nicely onto our halftime teaser today. We don't need your answers right away, but the question we're going to ask you before the break is only. Two members of the current United squad have been named in the PFA Team of the Year more than once. Who are they? We will find out after the break. I expect one answer from each of you. Thank you and join us again after this short break. Hello and welcome back to the Manchester is Red podcast. I'm Rich Fay. I'm joined by Liam Cullis and Don Booth. And before the break, I left them with a teaser of, of the current United squad, who are the only two players to have been named in the PFA Team of the Year more than once. Does anyone want to get his... I've got one definite. David De Gea. Yeah, David De Gea my, is definite. correct. My second one is... Uh, and now let's an see the head. educated guess, I'd say. Nemanja Matic. No. Not I've very got, educated. I think, I think Shaw and Lukaku have been named once each. I was looking at this. I, had, I did a quiz on this online earlier today. Um, but whether any of them have been named more than once, I don't know. Um, I go Lukaku. Lukaku, you're going for. And of course, this is from not just their spell at United, as you might have gathered, because since most of these players have been at United, they've had no reason <laughs> to be anywhere near the team of the year. Um, Lukaku, no. Liam, do you want to? Uh, I mean, we're not going to go through the whole squad. It would seriously boost our runtime, but I, I don't think we need to. Um, one matter. No. Been named in it once, I think. Valencia? No. <laughs> let's, no let's end this. Just tell us. Come on. No. I don't think anyone wants to listen to I us. I think do the, this. List, the listeners are probably screaming now. I don't think they they're the screaming. <laughs> I think they'll scream when they hear the answer. Okay, go on. Ashley Young. Oh, wow. Twice, twice when he was at Aston Villa I think, I think he got him both years as a left mid as well Strong. Well, that's probably when United signed him when he was at his best yeah a great left winger at the time a great left winger maybe not a great right back I'm but, pretty uh, sure Martin O'Neill likened him to uh, Messi and Ronaldo yeah I believe so I remember Martin I think it was Joe Cole as well he said that was it, was it Joe Cole they said that he can do everything <laughs> Messi can do I can't quite remember Martin O'Neill said that as well I'm not sure it was Mar- I think it was someone of that attributing all I think Martin O'Neill <laughs> Martin O'Neill <laughs> once, once had the option between buying um, Falcao before he went to Atletico and buying John Carew and I think he went for Carew so. think he, I think he went for the right choice based John on Carew's his a decent player to be yeah and he went into acting <laughs> didn't FIFA. he went into acting after his Stoke City days in Norway the Norwegian maybe line him up for the United job in a couple of years yeah he's time. probably got as much qualification hasn't he <laughs> we shall see so. but no unnecessary shot. unnecessary that mate no we, we shall see we, we, who knows the verdict's still out I guess that's oh, it'd be a supplementary question what, what are your opinions on Solskjaer at the moment do you think you said the honeymoon's over you still think he's the man who can take United forward do you think he can be a success at United I don't think I could say with any certainty whether he was a success or a failure until he's had a good period in, in, of time in the job 
obviously it was just ridiculous the impact he had when he first came in and uh, it's kind of been equally ridiculous how bad United's form has been over the last couple of months I mean they've lost seven of the last nine and they've not done that since 1962 but you know there's it's, it's not a transfer window yet the club structure's still not right uh I think the, the jury is obviously still out on him, but you know he, need, he needs another couple of transfer windows at least to to get the players in that he wants. You mentioned at the start, Rich, that I joined uh, the MEN from South Wales, obviously covering Cardiff City, which is what I did. Uh, and the reaction when Solskjaer first got the United job from Cardiff fans was utter disbelief, basically. And obviously they were proven drastically wrong in the first few weeks, and now they're all on at me on social media. We told you about Solskjaer. We told you about Solskjaer. But yeah, I agree with uh, with Liam that he needs time and he needs someone to take charge of the transfers um, in the summer. He didn't have that at Cardiff, which is why they don't remember him fondly because some of the transfers were disastrous. So I think, yeah, time, support and... You know, I think financial backing the most important factor in determining whether he's going to be a success. But do you actually back this current United? Because it's fair enough saying, oh, give him backing in the summer, give him 150 million, whatever. He's going to go buy Sancho. He's going to go buy Koulibaly. Do you I think, think it's money? I think it's, do you, it's do, now do you, some recruitment. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Do you think United, even if United have this big transfer budget, do you actually believe that they can spend it properly? Um, absolutely. Why, why wouldn't they be able to spend it properly? They're one of the well, biggest clubs at, in the world. They should they should be able to at least. If you've not got Champions League football, and if you look at the track record of players they've bought, do you not think? Do you not? United question? managed to attract uh, Paul Pogba and Ibrahimovic to you know, uh, to the club when they didn't have Champions League football. So I, I think I think the, the size of the club will always attract the best players. I think Gary never made the point on Sky Sports after the derby that there are other big teams competing for these players now, and if United aren't in the top four, and looking at the sort of shambolic state of the of the club at the moment maybe these players will go elsewhere I do think because you look at it from their point of view you look at someone like Sancho I've seen he's linked to Real Madrid again this week you look at Matthias De Litt linked with Barcelona they've both been linked to United as well but why would a player like that want to join United I think they, I don't think they will at the moment I don't think they will at the moment that's my honest answer they, they would need to buy into the project that sounds like Brendan Rodgers yeah but do, does it not alarm you the fact that someone like Ander Herrera who everyone thought was so committed to the club isn't buying into this project at the moment and looks destined to leave. I think that's less to do with the project and more to do with the structure and the and the, and the mismanagement behind the scenes. I mean, Herrera wasn't... United didn't even open talks or offer him a contract until beyond January when he was already free to, to uh, talk with overseas clubs about joining them on a free transfer in the summer. And I think he kind of felt like, from what he'd given to United, that he deserved a bit more from the club. From, from the back like from behind the scenes and he didn't get that and I think that's going to prove um, prove costly for United and that's probably why he's going to end up joining Paris Saint-Germain yeah. although, although I've said that you know these players won't necessarily join United or, or that money maybe isn't the most important thing you know maybe United can't spend £100 million per player you feel like in terms of getting the player from the club they'll have to spend a bit extra won't they then they'll probably be charged premium because they're, they're yeah. positioned in the market which is makes Edward was job even more difficult than it already is not that I've got much sympathy for him but United can still go after a bracket of players that will improve at the club 22, 23 year old players of maybe a tier slightly below and they could still those players can come in improve and then become top European players and that's there's no shame in doing that look at the teams who have done that uh, down the years Dortmund you know they've made an absolute killing from it Ajax yeah it was Monaco. interesting I saw that argument 
because lots of people have been comparing and saying United need to copy do what Ajax have done which would give you for chance the fact is Ajax have not won the league title in five years they got they lost a major European final I guess as a fan is that something you'd be prepared to see would you be prepared to see United invest in youth players but then say they're not going to come good for another four or five years it's got to be another four or five years maybe without a trophy but we will invest in young players I think it needs to be a mix I think you need to bring in the right calibre of play you know the right, and and kind of merge them together with the young players coming through the youth setup. there's obviously a few promising youngsters as you've got James Garner the central midfielder and Mason Greenwood the striker who I think are the, probably the best uh, prospects in the, in the under 23s at the moment you've got Angel Gomez and Tahith Chong who I think are kind of like a, a tier below you know, they're a couple of years older than, than um, Greenwood and Garner so I, I think that they've they've shown at that level that they're ready to make the step up. I mean, they might not, they're obviously not. They're both seventeen years old. They're not ready to play for the first team week in week out. If you can bring them in next season, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't play them towards the back end of the season, given how important it is that United win all the three games and get into the Champions League. But come next season shift out a few of the players that, that Solskjaer doesn't want he's already said that he's going to get rid of some players and we, well, he didn't need to see that he didn't need to say that we knew it was going to happen but if he can do that in the summer shift out five, six players bring in three or four players that he wants and then kind of blood the youngsters into the squad and I think that that would be a good starting point for United in this rebuild yeah, like I, said, I guess it is just getting rid of... There's a lot of deadwood in that side. But I guess that means that the contract renewals that are ongoing, the, the fact that Herrera and Mata could still both leave. I know RMC are reporting the day we were recording this on Friday that, Mata, that Herrera is very close to joining PSG now. Do you not feel that... Because surely it was three or four signings before those two were maybe looking like they were leaving anyway. Do you not think it's going to be five or six signings needed I now? I think Solskjaer's already said, though, that he's not going to be making six signings. So, so no, I don't think that would be the case. Um, but do you not think that's how many they need? Even if that's not how many they're going to get? Like, how many, how it all many... depends on how, how, like, who Solskjaer thinks is the deadwood because players we think in our deadwood at the moment are players that we fought two or three months ago. Like, wow, these are, these are quality players and they should stay at United. So it depends on kind of Solskjaer's verdicts on the players like, and, and who he actually wants to get rid of and it's only, only him at this moment in time will know that and maybe Ed Woodward I think Solskjaer seems to be at odds with what the club have done in the past in terms of contract renewals for Ashley Young Chris Smalling Phil Jones Solskjaer probably considers some of those and probably others to be Deadwood, but the club have handed them big contracts and they look like they'd be very hard to shift in the summer so Solskjaer needs to if he can have more of a role in, in that or at least have someone up alongside him to bridge that footballing gap between him and the hierarchy and I think maybe United will have more of a cohesive transfer contract strategy going forward once that's in place yeah like I say he's shown the man management skills certainly hasn't he and he needs to be ruthless to some it depends on how much freedom and how ruthless he can be if he can wield that axe uh, but as you said Liam it is the biggest game of the season now for United Sunday against Chelsea it has to be a win Chelsea yeah. awful away from home against the big six sides this season do you think that matters are you confident ahead of Sunday um, I'm a lot more confident than I was on Wednesday I think Chelsea are nowhere near the quality side the City are they've obviously in my opinion they've got the best player in the Premier League in Eden Hazard but uh, to be fair he's not, he's not really enjoyed too many great days at Old Trafford um, so I'm quite confident about United's chances regardless of how poor they've been of late and, and the, obviously the, the record of seven losses in nine uh, and the, yeah like you say it's a must win game if they, if they lose or draw that then it's going to be a case of Arsenal losing to 
of the last three and Chelsea dropping points in their last two games if United are going to get in the top four and I can't see that happening regardless of how shaky Arsenal and Chelsea are yeah I think if they lose then let's write let's write off the season let's you know let's prepare for the Europa League but I agree that there's a huge chance here and that it just there's the feeling that it just can't go on this run of form that they Solskjaer just has to get a tune out of them at some stage do you think that the run of form has been quite unfortunate for United do you think they've done better in those games to deserve more from what they've 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 played poorly in some of the games you mentioned it earlier the home games against West Ham and Watford they were lucky to win the two away games at Wolves I thought were the worst performances of the season Um, apart from Everton sorry I forgot Everton for a second don't know how Um, the City game I think they'd probably expect to lose that and then yeah, there, I, I there just was the Arsenal. The, yeah, the, the one OK game was the first loss in this run. They yeah, and, and yeah, they, they were good at Arsenal. They, and they hit the post and hit the bar. And yeah, they were unfortunate to lose that game, I think. I think it all depends on, like we mentioned before, Solskjaer just picking the best team and not worrying about the ramifications. You know, pick Herrera, play him. Bite, bite your tongue. Doesn't say, matter if he's yeah. leaving. Just pick, exactly. plays better. Pogba plays better when Herrera's there. United play better when Herrera's there. Put um, Lukaku in his favourite position. You know, what make, bench? I'd play him. I'd play him <laughs> through, the, through the middle. I'd play him through the middle and go back to a, a system with, with who, more width. Who, and who, who, who would you drop out in those cases then? Uh, I mean, midfield. I mean, Fred's out of the midfield. Rashford out. I think Fred's an accident waiting to happen at the moment. Although I think I kind of like his bravery in what he does, but I, I don't think you can play him at the moment. So I'd play. Um, if fit McTominay, Herrera, and Pogba in the middle, and then play you, play your fast attacking, um, you know, as strong front three as you can. Who is the strong front three for you? Now you're asking because um, you put you got a pool of six players there, and I'm not sure who the least the three least worst are at the moment. The thing is, they're also inconsistent, so it's hard. To Every, say and, and the, the thing is, literally three. everyone's had a chance over the last week and a half, haven't they? Yeah. I think. I mean, well, apart from Sanchez, he only touched the ball once against City. Maybe give him more of a chance. Do you not feel that's he, it, he was good like against a... Barcelona off the bench, but do you not feel that Sanchez was his own problem against City? If you're on the if you're on the pitch for 12 minutes and you touch the ball once, you I might you, you might say your play your teammates aren't passing to you. But that's abysmal. If you're United's highest earner and you touch the ball once like in 12... I, touching the ball once I look forward to playing minutes. against you. Yeah. That'll be good for me. <laughs> I don't think... You, you're right. You can't trust any of them at the moment. I think you have to play Rashford. I would play Lukaku. And then, you know, Solskjaer just has to get a tune out of somebody else. Martial's been the, the most disappointing one of late for me. Just doesn't look... Since, he, since he's got his new contract he just looks like he's plateaued and he sort of looks like he's reached his peak almost at United I I can't, mean, his body language is just it just stinks yeah that's what I don't think he's so saying. much because you know you know how talented he is when he first came in and of course he scored two great goals against Chelsea in the draw early in the season yeah, which yeah. Actually and that was like in the midst of like his best run of form of the season and that was that came under Mourinho but under Solskjaer I know he, he, he scored a few goals but he's not scored in a while and it was only that Fulham performance really that stands out under Solskjaer yeah. Fulham were atrocious and think, yeah he, he ran past a couple of players but they might as well have been statues United fans give Lingard a lot of stick and understandably sometimes but I think Solskjaer will trust him to play in this game I think would you use him as a false nine or out wide I'd prefer him out wide I think United need need more of a focal point than they've had in recent weeks uh, I think that's been missing uh, Lukaku out wide doesn't sit particularly well with me so I think Lingard plays out wide where he's probably been more comfortable uh, in his United career anyway we shall see it's going to be an interesting game on Sunday so finally 
predictions for the weekend, Liam. You think there could be a chance United win it? Yeah, I think. I see a lot of similarities between Chelsea and United. Like you said, they've got maybe one outstanding outfield player who's quite inconsistent. Yeah. And, and N'Golo Kante is a doubt. So if he's out, then that'll be a big boost for United's chances. Um, I think United will win. Um, I don't think it'll be a, a, a comfortable win. I could see a 2 1 or some 1 0 or something like that. Don't use confident as Liam. Yeah, I think United will win. I think they'll probably concede goals as well. Um, I could see maybe a kind of frenetic, chaotic encounter. United maybe winning 3 2. Mm, One that Old Trafford might enjoy for what change. Yeah, for what counts, I'm going yeah, to. It'd be nice to have an exciting game for, for once. Yeah, I'm going boring 2 0 United. A set piece. and I don't think that'd be too boring. I think we'd all take that. Yeah. Depends. We'll take that to play the Manchester tonight as well. I think they've got two gigs left. Interesting. It wasn't uh, Howard at the City game, I think. Howard was at the City game yeah. on Wednesday because Take That had to cancel that night to cater for the Manchester derby. I think I think United just need to show a bit of patience in Solskjaer. Yeah. Just oh, want go right, wrap it. Well, you've, <laughs> you've got them back for good now, anyway. So lovely stuff. Who knows? This is really descending into something dreadful. Oh no! Here we go. That's what happens when you replace the first choice eleven with the the B team that we are. So I thought I was going to be another Take That pun. Then I was waiting for the song. <laughs> I, know, I was just thinking, just where's this coming? Sure, the listeners are wa- waiting for Samuel to be back as soon as possible to inject yeah. some sort of. Uh, Nice well, intelligent debate. It only takes a minute, girl. Don't you worry about that. Liam, Tom, Rich thank you. Thank, you, thank very you very much for joining us. If you've made it this far, thank you as well. I don't know how you've done it. Join us again next week when we look back on the game against Chelsea and you can prove us all wrong when United have inevitably lost again. If you're not subscribed to the Manchester Red podcast, please not leave a like. appropriate host for a Manchester <laughs> United podcast. You've got to cash in on the doom. It's seven defeats in nine. You can't We've gloss over it. wins. Let's yeah. finish on a positive note. Exactly. And then balance that out with negativity. Okay. You, you've got to cater for all the fans. Okay. Thank you very much for joining us on the Manchester Red Podcast. Please leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already.